welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I am your host, Mortz, and I am joined by my handsome colleague, Solo Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, it is good to be back after having a well-deserved week off last week on account of the Sharks being really, really shit. Uh, very well, thank you, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad. Look, I think, you know, you and I both decided that considering the Sharks took a week off, we'd do it as well. Absolutely. People uh, missed us. I got, like, two tweets asking what the hell. Yeah, I had a DM asking if we were still alive, so it's uh, it's nice to know. Thanks, Mum. Yeah, it's nice. Ah, look <laughs> at us. Um, but uh, yeah, we decided that we'd uh, come back and do the uh, the two podcasts this week, so we're going to hammer everybody else's team because we're feeling pretty good at the moment. Feeling very good at the moment. Pretty much guaranteed our spot in the eight, as we'll talk about uh, tomorrow night slash later. Can't remember what we decided. Uh, but yeah. yeah, some teams' seasons ended this weekend, and a few others yeah. probably kept a week. More, but they're going too. But we'll get into that. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling. I want to sink the boot tonight, Terry. I just got that feeling. Yeah. Look, I just before we go into it, Dan. I know I did see you on Sunday. You came around my house for what turned out to be a very pointless visit, other than maybe having a Canadian club and watching a, uh, a little bit of the footy. But um, I had a limp on Sunday, and I was complaining about my heel. It turns out I've broken three bones at the bottom of my foot that I don't need, but I can't stand on now. Oh, fantastic. Well, I didn't see that coming, mate. I thought you were banging it on, but uh, obviously yeah. I was wrong. I know. It's a sensational effort from me breaking my foot with no one around me. One of a kind. It's Life just... of a golfer. Let's, uh, let's get into it, mate. Parramatta 0, South 38. Um, both yours and I pre-season prediction for the Premiers look shot. Look shot, and Mitch Moses, Daly M's uh, about a million to one right now. I, I'm yeah. not feeling good about Parramatta anymore. Well, all I can say is this kind of... The, the run that Parramatta were on and the form that they're in now reminds me of the 2016 Sharks. Yeah, that, that's true. I don't think they were as good in their height, like at their height that we were. Um, and I think their bad is way worse than we were. But I did, I did mention that to someone at work, a Parramatta fan. I said, good teams tend to taper off before the finals, then come back with two weeks to go. I don't know if Parramatta can do that. Yeah, look, we didn't really have, like, you know, obviously we won our 15 in a row or, and whatever it was and then had a draw. But you got to think, we, we went to Golden Point with the Warriors. We needed a sideline conversion to beat the Bulldogs. We drew with the Gold Coast Titans. We lost to the Raiders at home. And we lost the Souths. And Souths were not good that year. So I think, you know, like, obviously you're right that our, our, our good was a lot better than what the Eels had and our team was a lot better than what the Eels team was. But there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of fear. I think Terry's dropped out here. It's gone really, really well. I think what Terry was trying to say is that Parramatta really, really suck and they're absolutely gone. Here we go. He's back now. Terry, um, I was just, just talking about you. Yeah, good, mate. What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Just um, just podcasting on my own by the look of it. Yeah, I'm not even sure what happened there. It just disconnected me, which is good. Parramatta fan just said, he's bagging our team. Stop it. Sorry, mate, where yeah, were man. you? You were saying the Parramatta are good. Not fair, I said Parramatta were not good, so. Yeah, look, I, I don't think I don't think Parramatta are as good as what we are, but their, their season seems to be running a very parallel course to what the 2016 Sharks was. It's not a bad shout. I think they're gone. I think Dylan, yeah. Dylan what's his face being out? Dylan yeah. Brown being out. He's been their best half for six or seven weeks. I think that spells trouble. They don't have anyone to come in 
They certainly don't have a, a Mick Ennis that we needed. They don't have a Luke Lewis. I just... Uh, look, they'll finish top four. I think they're still in the four best teams in the competition, but definitely a long way from one, two, and three. Yeah, that, that's a fair shout. Um, you know, let's talk about their opponents because the, the Rabbitohs' halves just destroyed them. They were toying with them. Latrell Mitchell's been the form player of the competition the last two weeks. Really unfortunate for South that his injury will rule him out for the year because they were just yeah. coming good. And I was, I was just saying to my South mate, you guys are peaking at the right time. Wayne Bennett teams always do this. It's probably a bit late to finish top four, which you'll probably think you'll need to win it. But uh, if anyone could do it from here, mate, it was a Bennett coached all bloody New South Wales spine. Yeah. Um, and and the right edge from South had a combined um, two games, I think. And they absolutely abused Parramatta, and then Parramatta's right edge were getting abused all game. So you you, you could have you could have been fooled by thinking that it was Parramatta's right edge that hadn't um, communicated or, or played together. But geez, man, everything the Rabbitohs touched turned to gold. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's good to watch. I only saw bits and pieces of the game, but literally every time I looked up, Sias was scoring. One player that is not scoring is Blake Ferguson. He's become a walking meme, and I'm here for it. He's not not. Half the player he was last year, I don't think that's too fair, unfair to say. I know tries aren't everything in terms of wingers. We, you know, have had some pretty bad ones in the in our time. But you're not getting that aggression from Ferguson. You're getting the misreads. You're getting the errors. You're not getting the meters. I don't know what his problem is, but if Blake Ferguson's not firing, Parramatta don't win the premiership. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over, Par- over Fergo being in, uh, in poor form, but... You know, he, he's doing it to himself. He's, he's played himself out of Origin. He won't. He won't be in the Origin team coming into the year. Though. Oh God, no! Um, not with Tupu and Mansour playing so well. Yeah, he's um he's absolutely terrible. But the the one player that I really feel for South Sydney is Alex Johnston. He got knocked out the week before, and Campbell Graham went onto the wing and scored two tries. And then uh, he doesn't play. Campbell Graham finds himself on the wing and scores two tries. He's killing. So, Johnson could have with the top try scorer. He could. Uh, he's going to go to fullback. Um, now that Latrell's out for the season, which really gives him a good opportunity over the next four plus weeks to put himself See, in a position. I, I, would, I wouldn't put Alex Johnson at fullback. I'd keep him back on the wing because Corey Allen's ball playing was absolutely phenomenal. AJ can't do that. No, it's true, but I think they'll go with the, the experience option. Uh, I haven't checked the team list. That's that's good, uh, good prep. But uh, Johnson has put himself in the like a position where he can earn a real big contract next year. He wants to play fullback. I don't know if he'll get that, but it's exciting, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't get it. He's, he, on his day, he can be the, one of the best wingers in the competition. He's, he, and he's, he's a mediocre fullback. Yeah, it is. I don't get it. You sit on the wing, earn your 400 grand a year, score 20 tries, and coastal premiership. Like, too easy. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a really odd one. I know you get more money playing in a sparring position, but... I'd rather score fucking twenty tries a year than you know be an ordinary fullback and, and get hammered by forwards that run through when you're gonna you know take high ball in the middle of the field. Corey Thompson, mate, talking about how he wants to be a fullback, scoring up the Titans, the worst team in the you know the history of the NRL, and boom, straight back on the wing if he even makes the side. I think Johnson's got to go play wing for whoever signs him, and he you know he's I don't know origin level's probably a bit a bit of a hyperbole, but he's a very 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 good winger. Yeah, he's he's a he's a class winger. Um, all in all, in this game though, I think uh, I think Parramatta were 
they, they just didn't look up for it. And they haven't looked up for it for a while. I hope, you know, maybe that's the, the wake-up call they get. But Jesus, South look good. They did look good. One thing I ought to mention is West Tigers fans were having a good old laugh at Ryan Madison on Thursday night. 48 hours later, weren't they shut up? Yeah, I don't, I don't get how the Tigers fans laugh at anyone when they haven't played finals football since 2011. <laughs> Got to find small wins, I suppose. Like, like if you if you can watch your last grand final on a VHS, you should probably just keep your mouth shut. Exactly right. Just shut up. We'll, we'll get the Tigers in a minute. I got a lot to say. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Dragons ten, the Gold Coast Titans fourteen. It didn't really matter who won or lost this game in terms of Cronulla season, but in you know in terms of how that you kind of wanted the game to go, I'm so glad the Titans won. Went exactly where I wanted it to go. I was uh, very happy for the Titans. AJ Boomson is an absolute mega yeah. star in the making. That that Fogarty is just killing it. Thought Tyron yeah. Peachy had his best game in honestly I can't remember how long at lock. And um, St. George scored uh, conceded two tries and lost in heartbreaking fashion. What's not to love? Yeah, it's great. Um, I think uh, you you've got it on there. Um, the uh... The Gold Coast Titans have got themselves a real quality player in Jamal Fogarty. Hugely. He's fantastic. And he was sitting yeah. at their bloody reserves all last year, rotting away. What a what a bad decision. And and he kind of looks like he's, the, even though he's a rookie, he kind of looks like the player that can control a game when Ash Taylor is not playing well. He's the dominant that, half. Yeah, that's that was the Titans' issue last year when Ash Taylor um, sort of tapered off. You know, they didn't have anyone. Mm-hmm. They, they literally had no one. They were trying to get Brimson in there. They were, you know, doing all sorts of weird shit up on the Gold Coast. But this, you know, Fogarty looks like even if Taylor's not having a good game, Fogarty's still going to be, you know, around. You know, to, to quote Cooper Cronk, that seven and a half, eight out of ten. Absolutely, I I'm really excited about the Titans moving forward. We've got some. Superstar signings. I don't think Joy Arrow's providing value for money, so to get him off the books is good. Ryan James is another one that's been overpaying for two to three years. I think uh, I think they're going in the right direction. Someone was bagging the Titans midweek for re-signing the coach based on three wins, but the Titans with three wins this year are in such an advanced position than they were this time last year. It's a no-brainer. The contract extension. You know, you got four or five teams looking for coaches. Why wouldn't you pinch a guy that's got a team going in the right direction? I'll, 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 I'll take it in the opposite direction on this one. I was one of the people who thought it was a bad move to extend Justin Holbrook. He's got, you know, they signed him for two years, right? So he's got all of next year. Now, they, they've got the, who have they got? They've got that Tino. They've got David Fafita. They've got Herman SASA turning up. They've got rid of Jaira. They've got rid of Ryan James. So they're in a better position. If the Titans aren't firing next year, you've then gone and extended that coach for another three years when you didn't need to. I I think he would have got picked up is why they did it. I understand why. Plus, coaches, they get sacked. I mean, you just saw one go last week in Seabold, and he had a $5 million payout or something, and they got, what, 25% of that and pissed him off. So I, I think the contract's just to keep other teams away. Yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't see too many teams falling over themselves to sign Justin Holbrook. It's not as if when, you know, and he had done some great things in St. Helens, and it's not as if he had the pick of the NRL teams and he went to the highest bidder. He literally went to the open vacancy. And I, I, I couldn't see, like, a Melbourne Storm 
you know, if the, if, if Bellamy announced he's retiring, I couldn't see the Melbourne Storm bending over backwards to get him. I think it might have been a little bit premature, but, you know, I get it. The Gold Coast have found a direction they want to head in, and they think they found the guy to do it. So, you know, it probably will come out to be a, a smart move, but... Uh, you know, it, sort of like us re-signing Chad Townsend. I think it just popped a bit too early. <laughs> yeah, well, that's far different from me, mate. That's for sure. Um, I just want to have a dig at the Dragons. Uh, Dean Young looks to be as shit a coach as he was a footballer. Oh, dead set. They, they made it out like McGregor was the whole reason that the team sucked. And since he's gone, they've offered nothing. They've signed no one. And they've offered a big contract extension to Jack DeBellin. Now, today, a story came out saying that they're looking to move Ben Hunt on and possibly bring Maloney back. The club went out of their way and released a statement saying that's absolutely not true. For all the crap... Win- Sorry? Do you mean Widdop, not Maloney? Uh, no, no, it was Maloney. Oh. Yeah, um, that's Andy, Griffin was talking about bringing Maloney back. And now, for all the crap that we give Maloney because of the trade and stuff, this is a multiple-time Premiership winning player, you know, who I would say is a little bit better at football than Ben Hunt. So for them to come out and go, no, 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 it's got nothing to do with that, just just shows where they're at at the moment. I mean, how many co- how many opportunities is Ben Hung going to get to justify that money? Well, the, the, the one I saw was the Dragons were looking to swap Ben Hunt for Joe Offer and Yowie. Oh, that, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, this, these football teams, they provide great entertainment. Yeah, look, if, if, if you're losing to the Gold Coast Titans and you think to yourself... What's the answer to that? You know what, Joe Offen and Gow is the answer <laughs> to that. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> a one-time origin player who likes head-high tacklers. No, thank yeah. you. I'm loving where the Dragons are at. That pretty much ends their season. They had a brewing opportunity to put pressure on us, and they conceded too late try to the Titans. Sums up their club right now. Yeah, and, and just to take, sink that boot in again, Dean Young, ordinary footballer, ordinary coach. Um, moving on, Roosters 58, Broncos 12. Uh, but the Broncos fans will tell you that it was Seabold's fault. All Seabold's fault. Although, to their credit, they did score 12 points this week and they conceded yes. one less. So in terms of improvements, you can't really deny. No. Um, you know, all week we're hearing that Peter General had the, you know, looked like he had the boys cohesive, looked like he had the boys fired up. It was all about the boys. You know, the Broncos were... They were coming back under Peter General. Now, they're just an ordinary team. Patrick Carrigan aside, and maybe for Fida, I wouldn't have paid anyone on the weekend. Darius Boyd's got to give it up. Now, the guy's a legend. I know he cops a lot of flack, but he, he's a legend. He's won premierships. He's been a premier fullback. And he, his origin career is undoubted. But you can't tell me that guy wants to be there and he's taken up money and a spot that someone far more able can do. Someone's got to pull that trigger. And I tell you what, if Milford keeps getting picked, and I know they kind of have to pick him because they've got no one else, then Brisbane are just saying mediocrity is okay. Yeah, look, the only bright light from the Broncos at the moment for mine is their halfback. O'Sullivan, is it, or...? I did it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. okay. He's not the worst player, but he puts in, which is more than what you can say about half that side. Yeah, I don't rate Patrick Carrigan at all, I, and I made a lot of jokes about him on the week. Like, I know he had twenty runs for two hundred meters, but all of them had the impact of a Matt Moylan. Matt Moylan strolled to the line. Um, yeah, I, there's not much at the Broncos worth feeding. I don't think it was Seabold's fault. He walked into a really ordinary team that was set up by Wayne Bennett. And 
you're not, no coach is going to get the best out of that. It's it's awful. Absolutely. It's an awful, awful team. I, I don't agree with what you said about Carrigan in that he's injured and needs surgery that will end his season. And he said Isn't he played... Sorry? Wasn't that flag? Oh, I don't know. They, they, they both, they're the same person as far as I'm concerned. I literally wrote for Zero Tackle the other day about how good Flegler was and how good of a captain he is. I was thinking it was fucking Carrigan. So probably. But anyways, he made 20 hit-ups where no one else would. I rate that. Yeah, he's not he's not Tamalolo. But again, he's one of what three players putting a hand up for the Broncos. So I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I, uh, I don't hate him. Yeah. Um, there's a, there was a lot of calls during the week during the game and after the game about Katoni Staggs playing Origin. I really hope he does because he can't defend. <laughs> no, as a Queenslander, he would. Attacking-wise, yeah. Staggs is real good, but no, he's um he's not going to oust Tommy Turbo and Jack Whiten. Look, if, if he goes and plays right centre in Origin, I'm bringing Greg Inglis back on one leg because he'll have a field day. Yeah, he will do. Who are you guys going to play in the centres this year? Honest question. Uh, probably Justin O'Neill. Yeah, that's where it's headed. Yeah. They've got real problems. That I, I wrote Zero Tackle during the week. I had three New South Wales Origin teams that could beat the best Queensland team. So probably 3-0 Queensland. Yeah, it'd probably be like the 95 Queensland all over again. Probably. Uh, and the Roosters, man, they look scary. They're clicking at the right time. Uh, I tell you what, for, for a player who got dropped and his attitude apparently stuck his lip out, Kyle Flanagan looked good. Kyle Flanagan's always looked good. I don't know what he's like behind the scenes. We certainly heard rumours, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt Tred and Robinson. But when when he got dropped and there were people, the Sharks fans going, "Ha, huh, we made the right decision keeping Chad. We knew he was no good. Fuck you and your families. That's a ridiculous thing to say. Just got to get that off my chest. I miss I miss Young Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, and his goal kicking looks something else, doesn't he, it? He never misses. Oh, he got seven from eight or nine from ten, and the one that yeah. missed like skimmed the post. Probably yeah. got tired from kicking goals and running back to halfway. Yeah, well, I mean, it was his first kick of the game. He missed as well, and then he went nine straight. <laughs> okay. so. Mate, I hate the yeah. Roosters, but they're looking really, really good. Kiri's back this weekend, and um, Crichton's not far off too, which is frightening. And, you know, they've just got Sonny Bill Williams sitting on the bench. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about him. I think that's a marketing ploy. I don't think he makes their best 17 when they're fully fit, but if you've got Sonny Bill Williams, you got to play Sonny Bill Williams. I mean, their back row combination is just ridiculous. They've got Tupanua, uh, Sonny Bill Williams, uh, Boyd Cordner, Angus Crichton, Mitch Orbison. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's absolute yeah. steaming bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I really hate Josh Morris, but 34 years old, he's the fucking best centre in the game. He's fantastic. You know he's been playing 300 games this weekend? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I think his brother's like second or third all-time in the top try scorers as well. And I think Josh just moved to fifth. Yeah. They're, they're, they're ridiculous, those boys. They're freaky good. If they didn't waste those years playing for that, the tail end of their Bulldogs career, they could be setting all sorts of records. Well, I don't think anyone was ever going to get above Ken Irvine. He scored like 300 and something yeah, tries. Yeah, but... I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like Charlie Staines, the plumber. Yeah, that prick. Yeah, here he wants $2 million for a three-year contract. Oh, mate, fucking registered nurses get that these days. They do. Um, moving on, the Warriors 36, the Knights 6. Uh, probably the one game that, as a Cronulla fan, you kind of wanted the Knights to win. Um, but a lot of results went our way this week, so it didn't really matter that the Warriors won. 
uh, and it kind of gives us a chance to leapfrog Newcastle. It does. This is fantastic. 8-6 or half t- at half-time or something, or 10-6, yeah. and they went absolutely yeah. eight shit in the second half. Um, we, we were watching this game at the uh, the clubhouse in Cogra. Beautiful spot, by the way. you gotta, you got to come for a drink one night. Uh, so we didn't we didn't have the sound on and we were you know we were sinking back and talking sharks but every time we looked up again the Warriors are going in to score some freakish highlight reel try and Arta Yes right now is just breathing fire and I love it. Yeah, it was it was really funny because uh, before the game, uh, Matt Moylan's legs and the Moylan lover were talking about how ordinary Roger Tuivasa-Sheck was and how he's a kick return merchant. <laughs> And uh, he scored two tries to set up to yes. and ran for like nine hundred and forty meters. So Roger Tuivasa, shh, boys, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was incredible as well. I tell you who wasn't incredible. That's Mitchell Pearce. He was fucking ordinary. I didn't notice, but looking at his stats, he didn't didn't look like he did much. Yeah, it's, he he didn't. He really didn't do much. And just the, I mean, I don't really think that not, like it wasn't as if it was a Warriors ambush. It's not as if. You know, it's not as if they just jumped the the knights and and absolutely roasted the, their forward pack. It was just it was just such a weird game from Newcastle. They had so much ball in the first half. They should probably should have been up twenty to eight at half time, and they just couldn't capitalise. And it looked like that fifteen minute period where they were on top of the Warriors and they couldn't score a try really got to them in the second half. The Warriors went out and scored early. Um, I went and had a shower. I think it was fourteen six or sixteen six something like that. I went and had a shower and thought, oh, Newcastle should come back. Got out of the shower and it was thirty to six. So I don't know whether I had a long shower or the uh, the nights just capitulated. Good both, I think. Uh, that, that, that Hayes Pernham or whatever his name is is a is a young genius. Yeah. I uh, just back to the the Knights. I think they finished with like thirty six percent possession because they kept losing the ball every time they got it in the second half. They were just yeah. atrocious. Yeah, just some really really uncharacteristic. Um, Errors, and I think this is like this is where the criticism of Caelan Palmer comes in. When Newcastle are sort of struggling, he doesn't in, insert himself. You know, at eight six, it was all two of us to check. It needed to be all Palmer when they had the ball. He just doesn't stand up and take control of the game, and it looks like he's happy to cherry pick off the back of their wins, but he expects Mitchell Pearce to bail him out too much, and I think. The evolution of Ponga needs to be that he needs to stand up and be the number one man. Absolutely, they really need a five eight. Like I know, I know Kurt Mann's got to play hooker and stuff, but I'd get him back to five eight where he was very good. I don't think Mason Leno's the answer. I haven't, I haven't seen the sides again. Great prep, but I'm hoping. I think Leno was named at six, and I'm happy about that because I think Kurt Mann's been in far better form. But no, Pierce is not a player that can Cooper Cronk it. He needs a five eight. And they don't have one right now, and hopefully they don't find one for another two weeks. Yeah, look, Leno's been named in the six, um, and they haven't even named Randall. They've named Phoenix Crossland um, on the bench, and Tex Hoy's at eighteen. So it's a it's a kind of kind of weird sort of Knights outfit at the moment. I agree with you. I think that their best spine now, and everyone who's available, is that is Randall, the kid who made seventy eight tackles on debut or whatever. And Kurt Mann getting his hands on the ball more as a second receiver. He looks wasted at number nine. He does. I know he's there to do a job, like, based on experience. But as you said, he needs to be... He was in red-hot form. Like, like easily their best half in the opening couple yeah. of months. So, I don't know what they're thinking yeah. up there. And the other thing as well is, like, when, when the games are in the balance and he was 
playing really well with his running game, and he, he came out of nowhere with that kicking game. It opened the field for Pierce and Ponga, but with him being at number nine, you know, ordinary service, he's just getting through. He, he's not in a position to be able to win him a game. No, it's perfect. I don't want him to figure that out. Yeah, uh, we'll skip our game because we're going to review that tomorrow night. Uh, Penrith 30, the Tigers 6. Uh, the Tigers became the first team since round one to score against the Panthers inside the opening 20 minutes. And then the Tigers made a really, really big mistake, Dan, and they, they took this game too personal. I we, we watched it again at the after the game, so we were, you know, a little bit jolly. For the first 20 minutes, it looked like Penrith were either off their game or the Tigers were really on. And then everything came about push and shove and, you know, we're, we're the big brother. It's like, no, you're not. Like, you haven't won a game in, like, 20 years. Like, fuck off out the back. Just, they were bad. Terrible. And there's talk of them flicking their best half because they got almost $2 million on the two worst halves in the competition right now. Just, oh, God, the Tigers frustrate me. Penrith, though, fantastic again. But it just it, once they, once it got up six 0 there was that silly kick out from from Umbai or Nathan Cleary. There was Joey Leilua being a grab. There was the fullback Dewey was you know he was getting in a personal battle with with Brent Naden, and it just looked like the Tigers were trying to flex a muscle that didn't exist. No, well, they got and no they, muscles. Yeah, they they try to take this game too personal and 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 turn it into a fight. And this young Penrith team just stood up and. And acted so cool and played through it and gave him a spanking. I did. And it was it was brilliant to watch. Like obviously like I want Penrith to lose somewhere because I don't want them to get close to our fifteen game winning streak and then win the competition and say we did it better than you. But, you know, after seeing the bullshit that the, the, the game plan that the Tigers came out with, I was more than happy to watch them lose that game. Uh, absolutely. That Luai is the most improved player in the competition. Last year yeah. I was saying he's not gonna you know, he's he's done, like they backed the wrong horse there, but he's just shut me up good. That Stephen Crichton is an absolute freak. Yep. That Brent Naden, everyone seems to hate the bloke in opposition and stuff. He's the kind of player that every team needs. I'm like yep. one of his biggest fans. He is really, really good. They don't have a weakness right now. They get Coruscant back this week. I know it's only the Tigers, but you know when you win 10 games plus, you start thinking... When are they going to drop that? When are they not going to turn up? The foot's going to come off the pedal. If they beat Parramatta next week, they could honestly go through undefeated. You know, losing one game in a draw is just ludicrous in this day and age. Yeah, look, I th- that, that Naden, getting back to what you said, he's their version of our Ronaldo Molotalo. Oh, he absolutely. In. Um, I, 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 don't know, I don't know if they know what their best back line is yet because... I mean, Dean Farre's got to come back into the team. But I, you know, he becomes their weakness. I wouldn't be bringing him back in. I'd be running the, the one to five that they had, which was To'o and Mansour on the wings and Naden and, and Crichton in the centres. Absolutely agreed. And, I really like that. Like, power. That is real power. And and I think I think maybe one weakness that they have is their wingers under the high ball. That's true. They are small. And I know To'o can fly, but he can fly yeah. and drop. I, I just, in terms of every other team in the competition, right now I'd probably back a full-strength Melbourne and a full-strength Roosters team over them. Outside of that, though, I think they're good. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to back the full-strength Roosters over everyone at the moment because that side's just ridiculous. I think on their day, if they're switched on, Penrith can beat Melbourne. 
don't, I don't know if they can beat the Roosters, but they can definitely beat Melbourne. It's getting, it's getting scary good. Because I was yeah. rubbishing them for a couple of weeks, saying, "Oh yeah, you know, Cleary's come back, he's got a chip on his shoulder when that runs out." Dylan Edwards, you know, yeah, he's been incredible too. Like, yeah, look, every week. There, there, there's three players for Penrith that could probably put their hand up if there was a most improved award. And and you can say it's Dylan Edwards, Jerome Luai, and, and your mate, Isaac Yeo. Right? Yeah. Um, but oh, oh, maybe four, Liam Martin. He's in a red-hot form at the moment. Absolutely. He was another one who was a New South Wales Cup player who played a bit of first yeah. grade. Not anymore. Yeah, I, I, that, that Penrith side's incredibly scary. Something that's really like an incredible stat is that their front row... Um, is the most disciplined front row in the competition. Um, James Tamo has only given away one penalty this year, and he's only dropped the ball twice. That's incredible. Yeah. No one gets it's, near that. No, like Fisher Harris has given away a couple of penalties, but he, he doesn't make many mistakes. Uh, uh, the other stat that I saw is Penrith this year haven't finished a game under 80% completion rate. That's ridiculous. Well, that that's the secret, isn't it? Yeah. Hold the ball, duh. Hold the ball, don't give away penalties, you win football games. Who knew? Oh, my. Um, uh, uh, moving on, Melbourne Storm 30, Manly 6. Uh, Manly, all heart, no troops. Gornskis. They are the biggest yep. one-man team in modern history. Yep. Can I can I uh, say something, Dan? I went back and listened to our preseason podcast prediction. Mm-hmm. One of us had Manly in the top four. One of us had Manly outside the top eight. Yeah. Can you guess who it was? Zero tackle. I had him 12th, so I'm going to go that. But the smile on your face makes me think I had him in the top four. You did. You had Manly at fourth. Wow, that was dumb, wasn't it? I should listen to what I uh, what I wrote. Yeah, I, I, I had Manly at 10th. I, I was going to put Manly at ninth, but I had to make the Tigers joke, obviously. That's true. Um, well, yeah, you, you, you said that uh, Manly, after their, their run at sixth, and Tommy Turbo was going to get him into the top four. And probably, you know what, Turbo probably would have got him into the top four. Yeah, but I just, I don't think they're even that good. You put, you, you see Turbo come back and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be ready next week for the 10th week in a row, and say that he had one eye on Origin and all the fans blew up. Now you know how it feels. Yeah. A uh, little bit of a pop quiz here for you, Dan. Justin Olam scored... The second hat-trick of his career. Who was his first hat-trick against? Was it Cronulla? No. It was against Manly last year. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, back-to-back hat-tricks against Manly. I don't remember. We, we were saying on Sunday how ordinary he is, and then he went out and scored three tries. <laughs> he was just about the best player on the field. I tell you what, the scariest play in that half, though, was when Cameron Smith went for a 40-20 and Josh Adokar scored. Yeah, <laughs> mate, only Adokar <laughs> and maybe two other players make that. That is huge. And only Cam Smith goes for that. Incredible. He picked the ball up out of dummy half and goes for a 40-20 and somehow Josh Adokar scores a try. That Manly fullback was running on a fucking treadmill with bricks on his feet. He ran 60 metres in the time it took Funa to get from the post to the corner. That, <laughs> it's... <laughs> That back that back line that one to five for Manly is the worst I've ever seen, including when we had players that I can't even remember in 2014. Look, I'm I'm, I'm going to say it's the second worst back line of all time, just because we have ran out Matt Wright, Dean Collis, Ben Pomeroy, Blake Ashford, John Williams, Isaac Gordon, Nathan Gardner, 
Luke Cavell, Ben Pomeroy. We had those kinds of players. Manly, I feel Manly's pain though because that is a backline that you just don't want to see named every week. It's disgraceful. Joel Thompson's gone for the season too, and I think Sirena might be injured again. Therefore, a Fenua Blake had a good game, but yeah. Tapao is he's gone so far backwards this year. I don't know whether he was injured or just overworked. He doesn't look the same after he got knocked out. It's like he's he a massive pussy. Whereas he knocked Jack Bird out, and Jack Bird became the best center in the competition. Uh, he got knocked out and became fucking weak dog. There you go. I'm not saying that happened, but I'm not saying it didn't happen. He just doesn't want to run the ball anymore. All he wants to do is pass it. Yeah, it's not good. Not for a player with his ability to break tackles. Oh, maybe he needs a couple of weeks, but Manly just can't afford that because they're in real danger of slipping into that bottom few. Yeah, look, they're not going to come last, but they're definitely um, they're definitely not going to come first. Like, they're... So they're not going to come last. They're definitely not going to get in the finals now that their season's done. No, absolutely done. And it is uh, good fun. And uh, the final game of the round, the Raiders 34, the Dogs 20. Look, there's a real, real Twitter curse. Uh, the Dogs up 20 to 12 at halftime, and I think every single person on Twitter was riding them home. And, uh, you know, they can see 20 points and, and lose by 13 plus. That, that team... <laughs> can find a loss from anywhere. And for, what, eight or nine weeks in a row, they've given us hope to think that they're going to jump over Brisbane and then just fallen. They're the biggest enemies of rugby league right now. There's, there's two things about this Bulldog season that really irk me. The first one is they're not the worst team in the competition. The, the Brisbane Broncos are by far, but the Broncos aren't going to get their wooden spoon that they deserve. The second thing with this Bulldogs team is despite them winning two games, they are going to finish on less points than the 2016 Newcastle Knights. Um, you know, the Knights only won one game and uh, had a draw, but got the, the gift of the buys. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know, man. This Bulldogs team, like, they've got so much heart. They've just got no talent. The fact that they scored 20 points against Canberra should have been game over at halftime anyway. Um, how you... Score 20 points in the first half and then lose by 13 plus is just it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. They also had a man advantage and conceded two tries. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that embarrassing? Like, just uh, far out. But the, did you see the stat? This team is worse statistically, like points wise, than the team that lost 24 points in the salary cap scandal. Yeah. Like, just uh, far out. There's. Um, there's also there was a great stat put on Twitter uh, on Twitter of clubs that have scored 20 points in the first half and gone on to lose by 13 plus, and the Bulldogs are head and shoulders above everyone. <laughs> Something wrong in that yeah. club, honestly. <laughs> yeah. and, and, so, and like someone even pointed out, the 2000, uh, 2006 prelim, they were up 20 to six against the Broncos and lost 37 to 20. This <laughs> it's it's ingrained. They've yeah. announced the signing of Blake Green this week. Timing-wise, after he did his ACL and is out for 12 weeks, is terrible. They've told Kieran Foran that, you know, your future's elsewhere. So it looks like he might go back to Manly. To get that to happen, it looks like they might sign Dylan Walker, who is a horrible number six and a worse person from Manly. They haven't learned their lessons. I, I, I have heard that Dylan Walker will be there, but it will be for Senna. Um, because Trent Barrett will get Benji Marshall on a one-year contract. So there you go, Benji. What they got to sign that young kid from um, from Penrith? 
Matt Burton. Yep, him. Put him in the halves and stick with him. I think he's a heat's better option. Yeah, uh, I like. I kind of if, if they get Dylan Walker, I kind of like their back line because it would be Hoffawati, uh, Smith, uh, Watini Zalesniak, and then they would have Kotrick and, and Walker. That's not a bad one to five. It's not, but you got to get him the ball. Yeah, that that's fair as well. Um, I think I think it would be a bit of a. Um, a renaissance for you know Benji Marshall to play the final year of his career with his brother. I think that's probably maybe the reason why they're doing it. But you, you're definitely right; they have to get Matt Burton. Yeah, they got to get a young kid that they can invest in the future. Luke Thompson looks like he wants out too. Your mate, he completely missed the squad last week, and he's only on the bench this week. And there's talk of that he's homesick. I know bringing him across under these circumstances is not good for anyone, but I mean he had the option to stay in England and finish his season there and wanted to come across earlier. I think he's looked at the Bulldogs and thought, maybe it's not worth living so far away from the kids. You can't blame well, him, not, but wow. It's not, he's not good. Well, he hasn't lived like, up to the uh, the um, the chat, that's for sure. Look, I, I, I get it. If you're six foot four and you're full of muscles and you're playing rugby league in, in England, you're probably going to be look like the best forward in the world. When you come out here against guys that, like, that, that fucking just eat weights all day, and our actual, you know, we've got more resources, more training. We've got, you know, more sports science. We're more developed than England in terms of footy. That was a terrible sign. I said it from the start. It was a waste of money. He's not that good. If they got him for 300 grand, I get it. Right, great signing. Maybe not even a great signing, but, you know, he, he could be a good bench prop for you. He's terrible. He's, he, not, he, he's uh... not cut out for it. He's not Burgess. No, he's definitely not Burgess, that's for sure. I think they wanted a him or a James Graham, and they've got the yeah. Audi version. No, it's like they, they wanted they wanted that, like, and they ended up with Josh Cordova. Yeah, there you go. So, um, another Bulldog special, yeah, that one. And, and the worst part about it is he's an, he's an absolute massive grub for what he did as well. The minute COVID hit and, and the UK asked their players to take pay cuts... He was one of the, I think he was one of the only, well, there was only a handful of players who refused to give up any money. Um, he turned and said, no, I'm keeping all the money. And then uh, made sure that Wigan didn't get a transfer fee for him because he just wanted to go. And Wigan, in the end, were just happy to see the back of him. Well, that says it all, doesn't it? Because Wigan don't make many bad recruitment choices. The dogs, mate, there's some fucking terrible football teams and they all stood up to be not counted this week. Uh, let's move on. Uh, some news that has just come. Obviously, Anthony Seabold got sacked. Uh, McGregor has been sacked as well. There's some interim coaches in there. The Bristol Broncos have apparently made Craig Bellamy their choice, and they're happy to just put an interim coach in for 2021 to try and get Bellamy for 2022. What are your thoughts on that? I think I want to have sex with Jennifer Hawkins, and I'll put an ugly girl in there for a year. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I can't see any way in the world. Bellamy puts his um, his reputation on the line to coach that rabble, even if they pay him a shitload of money. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah, look, there was there was something as well saying that you know is ben, is Bellamy going to want to continue coaching Melbourne um, post Cameron Smith? Well, if I'm Bellamy, yes. Look at that team he's got: Harry Grant, Pappenhausen, Munster. He you know he turns average footballers into great footballers. He does, and he'll have almost or more than a million dollars to play with when Cam Smith retires. You can't tell me that guy can't make a million dollars worth two million. He he'll yeah. sign some kid that another another team's got you know on the on the cusp of first grade and make him into an international star. I I can't see any way in the world that he leaves Melbourne 
before retiring. Same as Cam Smith. There's all talk of the Titans wanting him. Okay, fine. Again, though, Jennifer Hawkins, I want you. It's not going to happen. Just stop aiming for the stars and, you know, go for players that are actually interested in your club. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be really disappointed if, if Cameron Smith went to the Titans. Like, he is the ultimate one-club player. Uh, when, when you think of all the... All the um, achievements that he has, he broke the you know the, the games record, the points record. He breaks it every week. Um, yeah, just when you think of Melbourne Storm, you're obviously thinking of Cam Smith um, and being a total grub. But I, I wouldn't want him in a Titans jersey. I think the Titans need to go for the other Smith. You know, go get Brandon Smith. Absolutely, put a five year contract in front of him. Say name your price. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, Latrell Mitchell, uh, that nasty-looking injury, it just looked terrible uh, from the time it happened, and he's out for five months by the looks of things. He had surgery today, and he tweeted that it went well. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans are going to be without Jason Tomalolo and Michael Morgan for the remainder of the season. They're a red-hot chance of getting the wooden spoon. They are. If they, I can't see them winning a game for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, you got Brisbane and Broncos. After, I mean, uh, Bulldogs have to win a game. I don't know if they can win two, but uh, as we'll talk about tomorrow, they were pretty ordinary. There's a certain winger turned fullback who doesn't look real interested slash capable at the moment. It's a bit of a preview. Yeah, they're yeah. um they're a side that went from here come the to- uh, the um the Cowboys, the Cowboys to here come the Cowboys. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, it's, yeah, pretty awful. And we've also got a couple of scoops on Fins Up tomorrow night, Dan. Scoops, I love it. It's, uh, keep my, I don't want to know. I, I, I like being surprised. All right, mate. Well, uh, let's, uh, we'll call it early on that one. Do you, oh, let's, let's do the tips. Yeah, let's do the tips. Uh, let's do the tips. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, when we are podcasting, the Brisbane Broncos will be taking on the Parrot Panthers. Up at Suncorp, I am going to go for the upset and go Penrith in a close game. Oh, I think Penrith may just, just take this by 30-plus. No, I think Brisbane are going to show a little bit of heart and get done by 40. <laughs> they might. It'll be spectacular. Uh, fr- uh, Friday night, South Sydney versus Melbourne. This is going to be a cracking game. Um, I think uh, Melbourne Storm for mine. Yeah, I'm going Melbourne because they're in they're in finals time, and as good as the Bunnies have been, they haven't beaten Melbourne. Yeah, that's that's fair. Three o'clock uh, on Saturday afternoon, the Canberra Bulldogs versus the Gold Coast Titans. I'm going to go the Bulldogs just because I want them to win, uh, and I want the I want the Broncos to come last. Yeah, absolutely. Titans for me though. Yeah, look, the Titans are going to win, but we can't tip the same, and I want Brisbane to come last. Um. 5.30 at Lotto Land, Manly versus West. Uh, I don't really give a shit about this game and I can't tip it, but I'll just go West because they have more players. Oh, I'm going to go Manly because I just think Tigers have forgotten how to play. And they've been bitching about their coach training them too hard all week. Yeah. Fucking hopeless. Uh, 7.30, this is the game of the round for mine, the Canberra Raiders against the Sydney Roosters at GIO Stadium in Canberra. I'm going to go the Roosters. I'm going to go the Raiders at home. Fuck you. Um, I don't know why I said that. Sunday afternoon, the Warriors are playing the Parramatta Eels. The Warriors had to go to the Roosters and ask for a player on loan, and the Roosters said no. So they couldn't name a 21-man squad this week. Ludicrous. Only other Warriors for sentimental reasons. 
Why isn't Billy Magulius playing for the Warriors? Yeah, that's I, you know Dave Riccio put out this tweet and responded to everyone, but me, I asked why couldn't we send a Billy Magulius yeah. and Daniel Vasquez? Yeah, throw in uh, Teague Wilton as well. Yeah, yeah, Teague. I mean, look, I get the Warriors are bitter at us because we've we've kept Toby Rudolph, uh, we've kept Toby Rudolph, but don't forget we. We were under the impression that we had sent them Jackson Ferris when they were prying for players, and they turned around and said no to us. So, fuck, fuck the Warriors and the high horse they rode in on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going for Oh, I'm going to tip the Warriors. I ain't Parramatta are done. Good. And uh, the evening game, the North Queensland Cowboys against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, again, I'm just going to tip the Dragons because they've got more players. The Dragons, absolutely agreed. Yeah. All right, man, I'll see you tomorrow night. Beautiful. It's a party. Bye.